Well, good morning. How y'all doing this morning? Good, good. My name's Todd, and uh, I'm the pastor here at Hilton Head Island Community Church, and I'm so glad that you have chosen to worship with us here on this beautiful spring-like almost Sunday morning. And uh, if you're listening to our podcast, thank you for listening wherever you are or whenever it is uh, that you might be listening. In uh, January of 2010, uh, Cynthia and I joined a gym. And uh, I, I would love to see the stats on gym membership, new memberships in January. But in January 2010, Cynthia and I joined a gym, a new one uh, just across the bridge called Powerhouse Gym. And um, they were offering a uh, deal that we just couldn't refuse to the first 500 people that joined that new gym. And so we joined that gym. And uh, it's, a, it's a good gym. We've loved being there. It's always nice and clean, and uh, they have a lot of equipment and that sort of thing, most of which I can't use. But anyway, you can always get on a machine, and it's really a great gym to be a part of. Uh, but uh, I remember that you know, first part of 2010 just really being excited about um, you know, the, the new year and you know, the new me I might become because I was joining this gym and all that kind of stuff. And uh, so uh, I... Uh, I got up at 5.30 in the morning to go work out uh, for the first about 20 days or so uh, in January of 2010, and uh, then February rolled around, and I didn't anymore. Get up at 5.30 in the morning to go work out at my new gym, and uh, you know, you know, February turned into March, and like five days a week turned into three, and then two, and then there would be literally weeks go by uh, between workouts, and so uh, my new gym became kind of an old thing, um, and, and I belonged to that gym. I was a part of that gym. As a matter of fact, when you join a gym these days, they give you a key fob, and you take that key fob, and you swipe it, right, and your face comes up, and you know, I'm always like, I'm always thinking, because I always look at the computer when your face comes up, and I think they're looking at the last time you were there date. You know, I really think that's what they're looking at there to go, hmm, I wonder when he was here last. But anyway, uh, so you swipe that key fob, and you walk in, and, you know, you, you feel like you're part of a family, you know, when you have that. Like, man, this is, this is my gym, you know. This is where I go and, and, and work out. And so I would swipe that key fob. And, you know, walking into that place, I, I, I had all the rights and all the responsibilities of a full member of that gym. I could use anything in that gym. I could walk around there like I own the place, you know. I mean, that's the way gym memberships are, and you, you, you really feel a part of it. And so, you know, I have all the rights and responsibilities. You have to make sure you make your monthly payments to keep up with it, or they'll cancel your gym. You'll come by one day and swipe that little key fob, and it'll say canceled or denied or canceled or something like that. And so, uh, anyway, you, you, you really feel a part of that, and so I felt a part of it. But as the days went on, as those weeks in early 2010 went on and weeks turned into months, um, I woke up one day and I realized that my membership at Powerhouse Gym out there, you know, and just across the bridge, um, literally meant nothing because I wasn't using it at all. I, I wasn't going. I wasn't a part of the life of what was going on there. I wasn't a part of what was happening there. I wasn't using the equipment. And I had plenty of excuses. I mean, I had, I had some great ones. Like, you know, I woke up one morning with, you know, a stuffy nose. I mean, you know, about the worst thing in a person's life is to have to go, you know, pound some, some uh, weights in a gym with a stuffy nose, right? You know, that's just awful. So um, I, I had excuses, you know, I, I was too busy. Um, the gym was too busy. Um, I had too many things to take care of early in the morning. That's my only time to go. Um, you know, there, there were times when I was just lazy, just didn't want to get up and go to the gym. 
And so waking up one morning, I realized, you know what? I am a member. I'm a full-fledged member. I pay my dues. I do the things that's the basic thing that's required to be a member. But you know what I realized one day? I just don't belong. I just don't belong. Yes, I'm a member, but you know there's a huge difference between membership and belonging, isn't there? There's a massive difference between membership and being a part of something. And so that's what I want to talk to you about today as it relates to the church in general and specifically to this church, Hilton Head Island Community Church. There's a difference between being a member, there's a difference between saying, I go there and really, truly belonging to the life of a local church community. There's a huge difference. Now, let me say this before we dive into today's message. When I say the word belong, I don't necessarily mean becoming a formal member of, although for some of you it may apply. For some of you, you may hear today's message and go, my next step in belonging to the life of Hilton Head Island Community Church is I need to become a member. I need to go to the core class, which is coming up here in a couple weeks on February 12th, and I need to stake my claim and be a part of it. But it doesn't necessarily mean, when I say belong, what I mean is I mean like be a part of, be in attendance, be in the know, be up to speed, be praying for, be concerned about, and be involved in the life of your church. Last week, we kicked off a, a brand new series called This Is My Church. And uh, it's a five-week series. I'm, I'm really excited about it. But last week, we talked about the fact that this truly is God's church. And I reminded you that if you hear me say anything other than that, like this is my church or this is my family's church, you guys need to find a new pastor. This is God's church first and foremost. And then we take ownership as God overseeing the church. It's his bride. It's his special church bride that we have a responsibility to steward and care for. Well, today's message is a little bit different. It's this, that your spiritual journey and your belonging in a local community church are connected. They are inextricably linked. They go absolutely hand in hand. They go together. And I think the best way to put this is that the church, the local church, is the vehicle through which you're going to grow in your faith walk. It's the vehicle through which you're going to grow spiritually. It's the vehicle through which your spiritual journey is going to continue. And so I want to remind you and, and kind of point out our key point this morning. It's at the bottom of your notes if you're taking notes this morning. But I want this to be deeply personal to you, and it's up on the screens. When I belong to a local church, I am committed to fully engage in every aspect of my spiritual journey to a specific group of people. To a specific group of believers. I recognize that without a true sense of belonging, I am not able to fully experience the Christian life as it was meant to be. Now, I'm sure that many of you have different church backgrounds. I'm sure that in, in, you know, there's you know, probably a hundred and so people in here. I'm sure that in a room this size, there are dozens and dozens of different church backgrounds. I'm sure that there are in a room this size are dozens of dozens of different church experiences. This church, this group of believers that we're a part of here that God is doing amazing things through, this group of believers called Hilton Head Island Community Church is wildly different than the type of church, than the church experience that even I grew up in. And I'm sure many of you would say the same. 
And I'm sure that there are dozens of different uh, uh, church experiences. I'm sure that there are different uh, uh, thoughts on church. But I bet there are also a dozen or so different opinions on what church should be. And for some of you, the idea of belonging to a church may actually be repulsive because of your past experience. You may have been dragged by someone to church against your will. <laughs> I won't ask for hands this morning on that one. You may have in some way had a vicious churchgoer wound you in some way. And for those of you who are in here and that was your church experience, I'm sorry. Because church ought to be different. Church ought to be a place that you love to be a part of. Church ought to be a place, place for the Christ follower that you're excited about being a part of. Church for the Christ follower ought to be a place where love, joy, grace, healing, and accountability take place. And I'm not sure what your church experience is. I'm not sure where you're coming from. But what I want us to do is I want us to take a look at Scripture, and I want us to find from Scripture what God says about what our involvement, what our belonging should be. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Acts 2, 42 through 47 this morning. For many of you, this is a very familiar passage of Scripture. And then we're going to take a look at one other verse from the book of Hebrews this morning in conclusion at the end of the message. Now, I want to give you a little bit of background to this passage we're going to take a look at. And we may come back to this passage as the weeks go by in this, the remainder of this series. This is Luke who is writing the book of Acts. A lot of people don't realize that it was Luke who wrote the book of Acts. Now, this is the same Luke that wrote a book. Do you know what it was called, the Gospel of? Luke. Okay, I'm just making sure that you guys are awake this morning. Okay, and the book of Acts is his historical record of the beginning of the first church. So he goes back and he details, and Luke was a doctor, so he was very good at detailing. He went back and what he did was he detailed and he gave chronology to and he gave detail to the history of the church. And so the, uh, the things that we're going to read about happened roughly 60 days after Jesus died, was resurrected, and came back to earth. It was about 60 days after that that everything that we're going to read about happened. So I want you to capture this. In the first century, at the beginning of the first century, there's a very short time period between the time that Jesus was on earth and when the first church started. And amazing things happened, and we'll kind of hit some of those things, but we're going to hit one of them today as we go through. Now, in the first chapter of Acts, Dr. Luke kind of details how the Holy Spirit came down, and Jesus promised that when he would leave, that there would be another. And he brought the Holy, God brought the Holy Spirit upon the Christ followers there in Jerusalem. And in a very short period of time, in Jerusalem, in a very short period of time, the number of Christ followers began to double, and it began to triple, and it began to quadruple. And all of a sudden, in this place called Jerusalem, in this amazing city, this holy city, all of a sudden, there were thousands of Christ followers, which would have been remarkable because it was a Jewish city. It would have been absolutely remarkable, okay? And so the people there were waiting for the Holy Spirit. They were waiting for this comforter. And here's how Luke describes Act two, Acts 2, 42 through 47, after the Holy Spirit has come upon the believers in chapter 1. Here's what the believers did in the first church in that first century. Ready? Here we go. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe. 
and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods. They had a lot of yard sales. They gave to anyone as they had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number, how often? Daily those who are being saved. Now, this passage of scripture, I could go in 10 or 20 different directions. There's so much in here, and it's just a wonderful passage of scripture. But today, we're going to take a look at it from the standpoint, from the viewpoint of belonging to a local church. And so if you're here today and you live on Hilton Head Island, this message applies to you, and it applies to Hilton Head Island Community Church. If you're from somewhere else, if you're visiting or vacationing or whatever the case may be, my prayer is, is that this message would apply to you and your church. Now, this church was growing so large that they had to do something. They were literally out of room, and so they had to do something. So what they did was they began to break down into smaller groups, and I believe that these first three verses, and I want to take a look at them again, I believe that these first three verses applied a little bit more. They applied to both large group and small group, but they applied a little bit more to the small group concept. I want you to take a look at it one more time. They voted themselves the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, that meant that they were together, that they did life together. The breaking of bread, which I think it's kind of interesting that Dr. Luke mentions twice in here, maybe a, a picture into his mind. He probably liked to eat, and I kind of like Dr. Luke because of that. And to prayer, they prayed together. And it says, everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs. God did amazing things in their midst. When they prayed for things, God delivered. Does that sound familiar to you? who've been journeying with us for a while. When they prayed together, God did what he said he would do and what they prayed about. All the believers were together and they had everything in common. What that means is, is that they shared everything. They shared their possessions. They would help each other out when they needed to have something done in their homes or in their families. All the believers were together and they had everything in common and they sold their possessions and goods and they gave to anyone as he has need. You know, all throughout the New Testament, all the writers of the New Testament continually talk about the church giving away and giving to the poor and giving to the needy. And we here, just in the short life in the last five months of Hilton Head Island Community Church, have been able to do that for people in our community as well. Well, I want you to see this, that in our context here at Hilton Head Island Community Church, many of the things that I just described happen in the context of small group. And so I want to talk about that in the context of small group for our first point this morning. Take a look at your note. For there are three points this morning. I want to draw three personal statements that we must make if we're really, truly belonging to a local church. The first one is this. When I belong to a local church, I am committed to a smaller group of Christ followers for the purpose of Bible study, prayer, fellowship, and accountability. When I belong to a local church, I'm committed to a smaller group of Christ followers for the purpose of Bible study, prayer, fellowship, and accountability. I've said it before and I'll say it again. The Christian life, I want you all to hear this. The Christian life was not meant to be lived alone. It was not meant to be lived like an ostrich with its head beneath the ground. It was meant to be lived in community. 
It was meant to be lived with other people that you fellowship with, other people that you go to church with. It was meant to be lived in the context of a life-giving, vital, church-related Bible study community. And this isn't meant to diminish any other Bible studies. There are, there are dozens of Bible studies, even in our own community, that are not related specifically to, to the church. And they're wonderful, and I highly recommend many of them. I want you to hear that. But being a part of a small group of people that you're a part of, a larger group of people with, is so vital to your spiritual growth and your spiritual journey. Now, um, I have some friends, Joe and Shirley Newton. And uh, I've asked Joe and Shirley to come on up here. You guys have heard from them before. Joe and Shirley, well, they got a woo. Wow, how about that? That's awesome. <laughs> uh, Joe and Shirley Newton moved here recently. They moved here from California. What? How long ago was that, guys? Was that two years ago? Two years ago. I said recently. It wasn't so recently anymore. <laughs> and one of the things that I saw in their lives when they moved here from California is that they moved here, and, and I remember the day that you guys showed up because I was preaching in Bluffton, and Jeff was preaching here, and I said, you got to meet this great couple, and, and we met. But the thing that I remember about you guys is there was, there was no time delayed between the time that you came to church here and the time that you jumped in and got involved. Why was it in your life so important to so quickly get involved in the life of this church? Well, uh, we moved a lot. We moved from... Uh, Philadelphia to Columbus, Ohio. Yes, Ohio. And uh, Shopping. From there to Greensboro to Boston to San Diego to San Jose and now here. And the first thing we've always done is find a church home. It's absolutely the best way to get connected quickly. So we were here on a Sunday. We met with Todd and Cynthia on a Tuesday, and we were in a small group on Wednesday. <laughs> well, for me, it was out of obedience to the Lord. Um, we had been vacationing here in June of 2009, and we weren't planning to move for at least two years. And um, we um, arrived here June 6, and we uh, went back home to California, sold our house. Everything fell into place. We moved into our house October 5th, exactly four months. And Joe and I were passionately involved in a small group ministry and a marriage ministry in San Jose. And... I quite honestly said, Lord, do you really know what you're doing? <laughs> um, but we quickly rec recognized when we got here that we were extremely blessed, um, that we lived in like a near paradise. Um, we were much closer to our three sons. And at that point, all we could do is just say, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. And what do you want us to do to serve you? What, what have you seen in your own spiritual lives, together and individually, um, that has resulted from jumping in so quickly and being a part of a small group and being a part, because you guys are regular here, you're involved, you're serving, which we'll talk about next week, but what has resulted in your own spiritual lives because you have belonged to this group of believers here? Well, I can't imagine um, doing, getting through this world without the support of fellow Christians around me. I just really can't. Um, it's a tough world. I mean, a lot of good things happen, but bad things happen too. And I can't imagine doing it without fellow Christians around me. Um, in a small group setting, God speaks to me through people, and some of you are here, um, in ways that you can't imagine. Um, 
It's just absolutely incredible, and uh, I'm so blessed by it. And uh, the group may be very diverse, but I'm never surprised at how God uses everyone. Mm -hmm. um, I'm in a life group, and I'm in CBS, mm -hmm. and that um, keeps me in the Bible almost daily, mm -hmm. um, which uh, holds me accountable not only to God but to my the groups that I'm in. Um, the feedback I get from my groups really helps me grow. And, but I think one of the most important things that is happening even more and more is that the nudgings that I get from the Holy Spirit, I'm actually listening to and even mm -hmm. responding positively more and more. <laughs> Can't say That's every a good time. Thing. I know, I know. <laughs> but I'm very aware that mm -hmm. God is in control and I am not. And yeah. that really mm -hmm. brings me a lot of peace. Mm -hmm. Tell me um, what you guys see as uh, what would happen if someone is here today and they're not involved in a small group, but they go, you know what, I want to jump in. I need to jump in with both feet. What's going to be the benefit to them uh, spiritually, personally, in their work lives, in their personal lives? What's going to be the benefit to them? And then maybe even conversely, talk about what would be the negative if they don't. Oh, yeah. Well, um, I always get more out of what I put more into. Oh. Um, you know, well so, said. and participating um, keeps me from just being an observer. I mean, I'm involved. I'm getting yeah. plugged in. So, um, you know, it's the prayer, it's the discussion, it's the Bible study, it's the fellowship that I really move along in my spiritual walk. And it's a blessing I would really miss if I wasn't in a, in a life group. Yeah. I keep saying small groups. Yeah, I know it's we life do. groups. <laughs> That's right. But, um, you know, it hugely, hugely helps my, my uh, spiritual walk. And it's really where the big ahas happen. Yeah. It's not the, but it's some of the big ahas yeah. happen in a small group yeah. setting when God speaks through other people or, or through the word. And um, I'd, I'd miss all that if yeah. I wasn't in a small group. Yeah. <coughs> That's right. Well, I believe um, that the Lord wants us to grow in him. And that mainly happens um, when we're in the Bible and when we're interacting with mm -hmm. other people. Um, it's real easy for me to sit at home by myself and do my quiet time and think, oh, Shirley, you are just such a wonderful Christian. <laughs> and it's much harder to get out in the real world mm -hmm. and interact with Absolutely. other people and interact with my small group yeah. and, and be vulnerable to my small mm -hmm. group and say, you know, I think I'm hearing this from the Lord, but I really don't want to do it. <laughs> and, and my group can say, you know, they support me, they encourage yeah. me, and, and they hold me accountable. Yeah. And Absolutely. I think that's really important. Yeah. Um, and in a life group, um, we learn from each other and we help each other. And as the Lord is commanded, we can go out together and um, meet with other people that are non-believers. And that's, yeah. a, that's a big deal. That's great. That's fantastic. Now, how can people get involved? We've got a weekend coming up where we're going to have a, a little bit of an emphasis after the services. Right. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, on January 29th, we're going to have, that's going to be the big sign-up Sunday for uh, life groups. And we'll have sign-ups after the second service, and we'll have more stuff going on after the, after yes. the second. But uh, you'll have the opportunity to talk to people who are running groups now mm -hmm. and, and find a fit. And if you can't find a fit, we'll help you. Mm -hmm. You can also talk to us after the service today, uh, and we'll try and um, get you, find out what your needs are and how we can get you fitted into a, right. a life group that will be good for you and good for them. 
Yeah, that's, that's part of it. We'll talk about that in a moment. You know, um, Joe and Shirley not only jumped in, but they volunteered to lead our life group ministry here at Hilton Head Island Community Church. I'm thankful. Thank you guys very much. Let's give them a round of applause. And a woohoo if you want. <laughs> I wanted you to see an example of someone and hear an example of someone who's involved, who jumped in both with the church and then also with the life groups. And so if you're here today, rather than waiting till the end of the service and you're feeling what Shirley just said, the Holy Spirit may be moving in your life saying, you know what, I got to be a part of this. I've been waiting. I've been waiting. It's not exactly what I think it might be. And I'm not really sure, but God is telling me I've got to sign up for a life group. If you would just even on the bottom of that card that you turn in later today, just write LG and they will follow up with you, I promise. They are great about following up with you. So if you write your name down, expect to get a phone call. Now, the life groups are different maybe than some of what you have seen in the future. Our life group ministry here at Hilton Head Island Community Church centers around discussion of God's Word. And we have guides and we have things that we put in place, videos and that sort of thing that will help guide the discussion. But it's a very um, unassuming place to go to learn more about the Bible and to grow in your faith. And it's inextricably linked to your spiritual journey. you got to be a part of a small group. We have women's groups starting here in a few weeks. We've got a men's group that just recently started. We have Financial Peace University. We're talking about possibly getting one going for the summertime. There's a lot of things happening. So I'm asking you to be involved. If you're going to belong, be involved in small groups. Our second statement this morning, back to your notes, is when I belong to a local church, I faithfully attend the weekly corporate worship experience with my church family. Uh-oh, yeah, you may not like where this is going. Uh, let, let's take a look at verses 46 and 47. Look again with me. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes, and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those, were be, those who were being saved. What is the common denominator here? Did you catch it? It's frequency. It's frequency. You know what the Greek word for every day is in English? Every day. Okay, that was a trick question. They literally met together every day, and there's a church out in Texas where the pastor is encouraging his flock, his congregation to meet together every day. I understand the logistics of not being able to do that, but here's the point. Don't miss this. If you're going to belong, you've got to be if you're going to belong, you've got to be here. If you're going to belong to the life of a local church, I want to encourage you to make attendance a priority. Be here, worship together, come together, meet with other people. Even in the context of a large group like this, it can be encouraging. Hey, in the temple courts, by the way, that temple courts there that you see indicates that that was a large group because the temple courts were a large area. And some scholars believe that there were as many as a couple thousand people that would have gathered together. We're not even close to that. I mean, we're a little tight in here sometimes, especially at the 11 o'clock. You guys are the lucky ones at 930. But, but we need to be committed to meeting together for the purpose of growing in our faith. And you know what? Here's the thing. When you don't meet, when you use all the excuses, and I've heard all of them, and I won't go into that this morning, but when you hear, when you use those excuses, and I've used them too for not meeting, you miss out, but you know who else miss, misses out? The rest of us who gather here. We miss out because when the body comes together, amazing things happen. When we come together to join in and, and to worship God, amazing 
things happen. If you're going to belong to a local community group of believers in a local church, be there. Be there on a regular basis. Be committed to being there frequently. And my third statement of belonging is this. When I belong to a local church, I'm committed to my local church in good times and in bad times. You know what my experience has, has told me is, is that people attend church when, you know, when everything is just kind of like normal. Well, life isn't normal, is it? Life is a series of ups and downs, and sometimes that's a roller coaster ride. The thing that I've seen over the years is that people check out a church when things are really good and when things are really bad. Take a look at Hebrews 10.25 as we come to a close this morning. The writer of Hebrews is in the middle of expressing to the uh, young believers there in Jerusalem that they've got to have endurance or persistence in their own faith. And he specifically, I don't want you to miss this, the writer of Hebrews in this passage is specifically talking about the spiritual journey. And in the midst of it, look what he says in Hebrews 10.25. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another all the more as you see the day, that means the end times, the coming of Jesus, all the more as you see the day approaching. Now, there's two things I want to point out. Number one is that that is the verse that proves that our spiritual, our spiritual journey, our spiritual growth, and our church attendance are inextricably linked. They just are. If you're going to belong, if you're going to belong to the body of Christ, you got to be here. And the second one is this. second thing I want to point out is this. That word give up right there, it literally means abandon. It literally means abandon or forsake or completely and utterly deserting. It's the same word that Jesus used when he was on the cross and he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And so the writer of Hebrews is saying, do not abandon or forsake the meeting together of fellow Christians. It's the worst thing in the world that you can do when you're personally going through some tough days to retreat from the church. It ought to be the first thing that you do is to go to the church. When you're going through life's difficulties, when you're going through life's challenges, or when you're going through life's victories, the first thing you ought to do is be here and be a part of what God is doing in our midst. And he's doing amazing things. Be committed. Be persistent. Have endurance when it comes to the life of the local church. When I belong to a local church, I'm committed to my local church in good times and in bad times. And that also means being persistent, having endurance, even when things aren't going well in the church, or perhaps even when there's someone here that you don't like to see. It's interesting, John Piper wrote a book, Roots of Endurance, where he describes uh, 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 Charles Simeon, the British pastor who was at his church as pastor for 54 years at Trinity Church in Cambridge, England. And it's interesting because he describes how in Charles uh, Simeon's first 12 years at that church that his congregation hated him. They did not like him. And he endured, and he endured, he endured sickness, he endured rebuke, he endured uh, ridicule, and he stayed the course even though it was tough. And that's what we have to do. That's a message not just for pastors. That's a message for all of us that we've got to endure. Can you imagine showing up for 12 years and having a whole group of people ridicule and think that you're just the most terrible thing on earth, but he stayed the course. 
Some of you belonging might mean that you need to become a member. And we have a membership class coming up on February 12th from 1230 to around 3-ish. And you can become a member by attending that class. And so if you want to take that next step in your own personal belonging, just write member on that card and turn it in. And uh, we will make sure that we sign you up for the class. Something happened in our house uh, this past Friday night. Um, we, Cynthia and I went out and we met with some friends and had dinner and had a nice time. And we got back and um, Sydney for Christmas, she got a, um, she calls it a goldfish, but it's really a betta fish. And earlier that day, we had cleaned the fish tank out. And so we had the fish bowl kind of warming up to that right temperature so you don't shock the fish. And we had the fish, her name is Angel, and she was in a little bowl. And it was about that big, and, and we decided that we would just leave everything there. Well, we got home and found out uh, that uh, Angel had jumped out of that little bowl and onto the ground, and she was found like three or four feet away from where she fell. And so, I, you know, I, and this is like a terrible illustration for my point in one aspect because I thought, this is it, you know, I'm going to be buying a new fish tomorrow. So anyway, you know, and we put the fish back in, and you know what? She is still living. It's two days later, and she's doing great. So Angel is surviving. But here's my point this morning. She's living up to her name, Angel. <laughs> when, when we are not committed to belonging to a local body of believers, we are like a fish out of water, flopping around on the ground, gasping for air, or gasping for water in that case, gasping to get back where we're supposed to be. So my challenge to you this morning is how are you doing on the sphere of belonging? How are you doing on the continuum of belonging in a church? What changes do you need to make this month, today, it's the beginning of 2012, to say, I want to belong to my church? Will you pray with me this morning? Father God, thank you for your words of encouragement, maybe words of challenge. God, maybe even words of conviction for some in here. And Father God, I pray that you would just, that your Holy Spirit would guide and direct those who are in here today. And God, they may have been testing the waters here at Hilton Head Island Community Church. God, they may be from a different place and they're testing the waters at their church home. They may be members, but they're not involved. They may think that they belong, but maybe they really don't. And Father God, I pray in the strong name of Jesus that you would raise up hundreds here on Hilton Head Island, a part of Hilton Head Island Community Church that would say, I'm in, I belong. And that they would rise up and say, I belong at this church. I belong in a small group. I want to get involved. I want to be a part of serving. We'll talk about that next week. But God, I pray for those who are in here today who want to say yes to being a part of this local body of believers. God, would you guide their lives, guide their thoughts Holy Spirit, would you convict, challenge, comfort where comfort needs to take place? God, I pray that there are many in here today who walk away from this message, walk away from this service and say, you know what? I'm making a commitment today. I want my key fob. I want to be a part. I want to say yes. I want to grow in my faith and share my life with other believers here at this local church. Father God, would you guide and bless us as a church? God, may... May we have dozens and dozens and dozens of, of our community, of people in our community who come and say yes to you in 2012. 
And may you do it in and through us. May you make life change in and through us. God, be with us on our building project phase one. Work out all the details. May we be committed to praying for those three things, God, that we get that contract signed, that all the permitting goes through, and God, that you would continue to raise the money so that we can do amazing things, so that you can do amazing things through us on Hilton Head Island. And I pray this in the strong name of Jesus. Amen.